I was telling, um, I can't remember who it was I was telling, but one of the things that I hate about the New Year's Eve is trying to remember to change the date from 2023 to 2024. I can't tell you how many checks I write that I write 2023 on it, and then all of a sudden I got to scratch it out or try to make it look like a four or try to make it look like whatever the next year is. And, um, but it's also a transition, a transition of new things that are coming and uh, old things are gone. And um, I, I don't know, it, it, sometimes you think the, the older that you get, you think it's just another year. Everything's going to go back to the same way that it was before. There's no difference. Well, let me tell you, there can be a difference. There can be changes that are made because you're determined that there's going to be a change. And so you may say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in my ways. I've, I've done this for too many years. Nothing new is going to happen. It's all going to be the same stuff. Well, it doesn't have to be the same stuff. It can be a transition into a new life that you've never had before because you're asking God to help you to become the person that you want to be. You know, there's some people that uh, they started some things in their later lives. I think of this one man and this man, you may not know his name, but at the age of 59, he purchased a small hamburger stand and thought, I think this would be a great thing to start out. And who would do that at age 59? Well, he opened up that stand and then he built a couple more stands. Well, you may not know his name, but you've probably eaten at his restaurant. After returning from World War I, he treaded water as a salesman for many years before deciding to get into the world of fine dining. At age 59, he purchased that stand, and then he began franchising more stands throughout the United States. Well, he was the CEO of McDonald's. Ray Kroc. You've probably been there before, and you may be there again, but there's many people that go to, when they think of fast food, what do they think of? They think of McDonald's. They, say again? Ronald McDonald. Ronald McDonald. And they think of the Big Mac and all the things that they've done. And sometimes you just get a hankering for a sandwich. And you're thinking that might be the place to go. You know, there was another lady that um, at the age of 65 in 1932, she published her first book. And it received great praise, Little House in the Big Woods. Now, if you were a person in 
the 1970s and early 80s that you were watching TV, you probably didn't miss this show. Little House on the Prairie. This is Laura Ingalls Wilder. She did not... Um, she decided to write her book about living in the Midwest from 1870 to 1894. And there was a series of great books that she wrote. And there's still the house that she lived in that you can go and you can visit the little house on the prairie. So we've got 59 and we've got 65. 65. Now we've got Gladys Burrill. Gladys Burrill, she was a part-time Hawaii resident. She made a decision. She was going to complete a marathon. After a grueling nine hours and 53 minutes, she became an inspiration to active seniors everywhere by being the oldest female runner to finish a marathon at age of 86 and she's now 92 so you may say I'm too old to do something different well you're not too old to do something different you just got to make the determination that you're going to do it and so this year may be your year that you're going to do something special we read in the scriptures about a new start. An opportunity that each one of us have to make a different path. In Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 6, we find these words. You see when we're thinking about the new year, in, in some ways the new year brings a sense of hope. The previous year, maybe last year was tragedies and disappointments and problems and failures and sadness. That's all now past. Now that year is ended. The new year is normally symbolized by the old man with the cane going out and the baby coming in. The old has passed away and the new has come. And we think of whistles and parties and, and eating and drinking to fellowship and get together. We've ushered in this new year. And yet sometimes we think nothing's really changed. We just came out of the season of lights and the season of glitter and the season of carols. And now we go into this bleak winter season. But this only makes us to where we can realize that there's newness that's being formed. That there's a change that's happening. Even in our ground, there's newness that's occurring, that's coming out.
we find here in the scriptures that Isaiah, his book is called the Little Bible because it has 66 chapters, the same number as the chapters in the Bible itself. It actually has 27 that are kind of depressing and then the rest of the chapters are like the New Testament, kind of exciting and, and new changes. So we see in Isaiah chapter 60, we see this scripture, verses 1 through 6. And I want you to think with me as this pertains to the change that's happening that's going to be coming later on in life. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, <coughs> and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you. <coughs> Excuse me. And his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to his brightness of your rising. <coughs> Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. The dromedaries of Midian and Epat, Ephra, and all those of Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense. They shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. You know, when we think about life, there's plenty of things to be depressed about. As one commentator has said, reality seems to crush us, crush our hope at every turn. Ebola, ruthless terror of the Islamic State, the crushing economic disparities in our country, the scourge of racism that we have around us, global warming or whatever it is that's happening that changes the weather, homelessness, people along the side of the road that you don't know whether to trust that they are really homeless or if they're just trying to get a handout. And the plague of illicit drugs and people coming in our communities and doing things that we are not happy about. Gun violence, shootings and killings. And the list goes on and on. And maybe some of us have had personal pains and anxieties that we've had to go through this year. 
Some of us are having important decisions about our relationships or some task that has to be done. Some of us know about disease and the things that ravage our bodies. Some wonder if they're going to make it the coming year. Some of us fear we're getting so old that it hurts all the time. In spite of people being around us, we feel lonely. But we know that there can be a change, that God can make a difference in our lives. Yes, we have that anxiety. But with that anxiety comes, there has to be hope that Jesus Christ can make a difference in our lives. When we feel this way, the temptation is to say, I would rather just go curl up and get back into bed and not do anything and stay away from everybody. And I'll just deal with it myself. But the Bible tells us that there can be a change in our lives. There can be a newness that comes because of what Christ has done within us. Let's take a look at this scripture here this morning to try and understand what it's trying to tell us. We first of all, we see in verses 1 and 2, we see it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you, Behold, the darkness is going to cover the earth and darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Even though there's darkness around us, even though there's disparities and discouragement, we can say praise the Lord for what he's going to do in me and what he's working in me about. We see in the scriptures, and I want you to think about, we've just come through the stage of, um, of the Christmas season. And with the Christmas season, there's a group of men that come to the, the, main, to the area where Jesus is at. And it says in Matthew chapter uh, chapter 2, it says these words. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Why would they come from the east? Because they're looking for the change. They're looking, are you looking for the change? The first thing that we see in this scripture is that we have to refocus our vision. Refocus, realign our eyes to see what God wants us to see. You see, those, these wise men came and they, tried, they wanted to find out who is born the king of the Jews. There are many people that know scripture, 
But until you accept the Christ, all it is is knowledge and information. It says in verse 3, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired where Christ was going to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, the people know about Jesus. They've heard about him. It is written by the prophet, For you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star would appear. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go search for this child. When you have found him, bring him back, that I also may worship him. When they heard the king, they departed, they followed the star, and they, they had seen in the east, and it stood where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced. Isn't it nice when you see the star, when you see the light, when you see the change, when you see God working? The star is still there for us in our lives. And when they had come to the house, they saw the young child with Mary. His mother fell down and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented their gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We know this. Then, this is an important part for us to see. Then, being warned in a dream. that they should not return to Herod. They departed for their country another way, a new path, a change. They didn't go back the normal way. Sometimes we think the normal way is the only way. But that's not the way that God wants us to do it. He wants us to listen to him. And he wants us to open up our ears and our wisdom to him. You see, this magi, they were bringing their gifts to the Christ child. They were probably astrologers. They were probably from Persia or Babylon. Present day... Iran and Iraq. Isn't that interesting? We would consider many of their notions today superstitious, yet I'll bet if I were to ask each one of you, what is your astrology sign, many of you would say, I know what mine is, even though we may not follow that. But we know what, the, what we are, but they believed human events were influenced by the power of this astrology and by the stars. Tradition says there was three of them, Caspar, Melchior, and Baltazar. 
but in the Bible they are nameless. Jesus is a vulnerable, ba vulnerable baby, and they bring gifts to this king. But we have to understand that these were not stupid men. They were men who wanted to understand where this Christ child was going to be. My question to you is, are you searching for the Christ child? Are you searching for what God wants to do in your life? They were inquisitive. They were adventurous. They were obedient to what their calling was, and that was to find the child. They didn't seek any honor for themselves. They only sought to give honor to the king. Dreams are an important conduit for how God wants to relate things to us. And maybe there's dreams that come to us that say, here's what I want you to do. Let's not disparage what it is that God's trying to get a hold of us and talk to us about. Notice they left another way. They didn't hang around. They didn't bask in the beauty of the situation, but they went a different way. So the first, first thing is we must refocus our vision. The second thing is found in verse 3, the Gentiles shall come to your light. The Gentiles? People that we never thought would know about Jesus. People that we didn't think that they were that important. The Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Because you're following God, people outside of your area of influence are going to notice how you live and what you're doing. We had, so the second thing is, we must remember his purpose. Remember his purpose. John chapter 10, Jesus says these words, the thief comes not to steal, but to steal and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. His purpose was to give life and to help others and to encourage others. So what is our purpose? Our purpose should be remembering what his purpose was and living that way. They gather together, they will come to you, your sons and your daughters. Family. Reaching out to our families. Realizing that God can make a difference in their lives. Don't give up. Don't give up for those that are away from the Lord right now. It does, they, they, have, they have heard what you believe and the, the wisdom of the scripture. So we must remember his purpose. As we embark on this new year, embodied on 
this reality of life is going to go on whether we want it to or not. The question is, how can we move on? We move on because the Bible tells us here, arise, shine. Allow your light to be shown to other people that are around you. And when you do this, others will want to come. So they will no longer live in darkness. There will be a new way. We will get up and we will rejoice for the newness of this life that we have. Sometime in the early part of the 19th century, on one dark winter night, a weary traveler came to the banks of the Mississippi River. This was the first time he had ever come to the banks of the Mississippi River. There was no bridge in sight. Ice covered the water as far as he could see. Should he cross? He had to get to the other side. Would the ice bear his weight? It was urgent that he reach the other side so he get to his family after much hesitation and with much trembling. He began to cautiously go across, go across the water. I don't know if you've ever been on ice, but it's kind of scary. And you want, you, sometimes you want to throw things. I remember at my pond, I would take a, 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 a big rock and I would throw it out. And if it bounced, then I knew that the ice was thick enough. At least I hoped it was thick enough that it would hold me. So I'm walking, and as he's walking across, all of a sudden, he starts to hear the cracking of the ice. So what does he do? He gets down on all four, and he starts to crawl to, get his, his, to, to make sure that his weight's distributed. And as he's crossing over the Mississippi River, all of a sudden, he hears a noise, and he turns around, and he sees a wagon carrying hay with a driver and four horses, and they go right past him. Carrying all that weight, and he was like, why was I so afraid? Sometimes we're fearful of things that we don't understand and God can make it to where we can just trust him and go step out on the ice and know that we're not going to fall through. He got there and as he stood up, he walked across the rest of the ice with confidence. Sometimes we're like that traveler. We're fearful. We're timid. We think that we're supposed to do this certain thing, but God's promises is true and we can trust him. God has promised to uphold us no matter what's going on 
we can believe his promise. There's spiritual victories that are out there that if we will trust him, he will make the difference and he will set the path that he wants us to follow. So stand, be firm, be strong. Realize that God is in control. Number three, we find in verse five, then you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Number three, we should radiate his views. Allow the views that he has given to us to be out like a light. If you've ever heard of a woman that is pregnant and somebody will walk up to her and say, you glow. Can you tell somebody when they've got some exciting news or something good has happened to them, it exudes off of their face. We need to radiate what Christ has done in our lives. Doesn't this sound like a good New Year's resolution? That we should arise and shine and allow his light to be shown throughout all the world. We could do this by being thankful. Thankful for what we've been given. Thanking God for the blessings that we received. And by sharing his good news with all those that are around us. Paul, in the book to Ephesians, reflects this through the light of Christ. To point to Christ's work in this world and to declare Christ's redemption, to reveal the mystery, to make known God's wisdom, and to mirror and imitate Christ's love. Rose Crawford was blind for the first 50 years of her life until she found out one day that there was an operation that could restore her sight. She had the operation. You can imagine her awe and joy at seeing colors and lights for the first time. Images of people and the beauties of nature. She had never seen this before. Sadly, she could have done this 20 years earlier. She didn't know about the operation and assumed that she was doomed to live in darkness. Nobody told her about the sight-restoring surgery. Nobody told her she didn't have to live in darkness anymore. Millions of people around us live in darkness, spiritual darkness. They are waiting for somebody to tell them. We have the opportunity to share the good news of Christ with those that are around us. Paul, as he writes this, he says, I am the least of all the saints. It wasn't about him, but it's about sharing the gospel. That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what it is for the fellowship of his mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden 
in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. Each of us has, just as the shepherds, or just as the wise men, left in a new path, we have an opportunity for a new road ahead of us. It's a different road. It's a road that we've never gone before. As we go to that road, we may not know what we find, but we do know who is going to be leading us. We can be comforted that his light is going to shed the way that we need to go and how we're going to go. Some of us may be thinking, well, that's fine for younger people, but I'm just too old. God wants us to realize we are not too old to make a difference in somebody else's life. God wants us to arise and shine so that the world can see him. Would you please stand with me?